This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Today, as promised last week, we are going to find out how to get that fear of the Lord. Now, we know that the fear of the Lord is the basis of our faith. It's the thing that feeds our souls. It's the thing that lifts us up and brings us closer to God because it's not fear as in terror. It's honorific awe and respect of the name of the Lord. And so we are going to find out what we have to do to get this fear of the Lord that is revolutionary in our souls. But the first thing we're going to do is look at Hebrews 12, 25 to 28. It says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. <clears throat> now, shaking. Anybody here remember if your mother ever used this stuff, shake and bake? You know, and you see, you drop the chicken into the bag, and then you shake it up, and the crumbs in the bag attached to the piece of chicken. And that turns out to be a good thing, right? It's something that's going to be tasty and fun and enjoyable to eat. So in this case, what we find out from that is that shaking is not a bad thing necessarily. Now we have, you know, horrible visions of what that means in other ways, but shaking up stuff is good. And you see, God says he's going to shake up things a bit. And that's also good because what that means is the shaking he's going to do is the kind of shaking that drives and removes the bad things from our lives. And those are the things that keep us from knowing him. He's going to shake up shake us up in such a way that we no longer have those items inside of our souls and minds that prevent us from being able to hear God. And so, like the shake and bake, is this shaking a good thing? So, let's not fear the shaking, because we all, you know, fear that, I guess, you know, and you know, remember the Elvis song, I'm in love and I'm all shook up? You know, that brought confusion. But in this case, the shaking is going to bring us to where we are closer to God. So don't fear it. You might even be bold enough to ask for it. Do you have enough faith to believe that you can ask, Lord, I'm praying that you will act in my life and do something in my own life and heart that is going to remove the obstacles of the things that stand between me and you. And if you do that, that's going to be a good thing in your life. There's no longer that barrier. Now, fear 
is what we've been talking about, the fear of the Lord. And there are all kinds of fears. There are fears for everything. As a matter of fact, I went last night and took the liberty to look up the things that are phobias, fears that actually exist and that people actually suffer from. There's, if you can believe this, there's arachibutyrophobia, which is the fear of peanut butter. There's atelophobia, which is the fear of imperfection. Then there's bibliophobia. What do you think that is? The fear of books. And I'm glad I don't have that one because my house would be empty if I did. Now, then there's melanophobia. That's the fear of the color black. There's nomophobia, the fear of being without your mobile phone. I'm afraid there's a lot of people who apparently suffer from that one. Now, one more. There's, or several more. There's the porphyrophobia, the fear of the color purple. Have you ever imagined that people could actually be afraid of the color purple? I know it's not, you know, that's not the greatest uh, fashion element, but, you know, there are people afraid of that. And then there's the scolianophobia. That's the fear of school. Did anybody ever have that? Yeah, okay, I see some shaking heads there. And then there's the last one here, scoptophobia. You say, what is that? Well, it's the fear of being stared at. And so there are people who are afraid of all of the things that we just mentioned, but for our purposes today, we are gonna actually divide these up and think about it in three different categories. There's harmful fears, there are healthy fears, and there are holy fears. Now, the harmful fears, those are those things that are like the fear of rejection, the fear of inferiority. And I remember reading, uh, you know, anybody here of the, remember the comic strip, The Born Loser? Well, one of the characters was Brutus Thornapple. And he was going to the doctor and apparently he had the fear of being inferior. And the doctor tells him, Mr. Thornapple, you don't have to worry about being afraid of being inferior because you are inferior. Real boost to the ego there. Now, but then there's the healthy, uh, unhealthy fear of things like, re again, rejection, uh, things that just make you generally afraid of stuff. Then there's the helpful fears, the healthy fears. These are the ones that keep us from doing stupid stuff. Like if you get close to the stove burner and you feel the heat, a good healthy fear is the one that says, ooh, I got too close. Now, I remember when I was a kid, and this is, represents the fact that I apparently did not have one of those healthy fears, I would climb up on the roof of my mom and dad's house and I would jump off the roof. Nobody can imagine me doing that, right? 
was that the fact that I ignored a healthy fear or was it just me being plainly stupid? Don't answer that. And so there's those healthy fears like, you know, the traffic on the freeway, you have a healthy fear of not running out there and wanting to play catch on the freeway. That's a healthy fear. It will keep you from playing on the freeway. Then there's the holy fear. What is that? That's what we've been talking about for the previous three weeks. The fear of the Lord. That's the holy fear. Here are the steps that we can go through to get the fear of the Lord. Now, these are good things. These are productive things. And in many ways, consciously choose to do to gain that healthy fear of the Lord. And one of the first things is that we choose and have the fear of the Lord. We make the effort to deliberately and with intentionality have the right fear of the Lord. That's the kind of fear that goes, oh God, you're so awesome, you're wonderful. And you choose to do that, you know, because there are people who obviously, you know, in many ways choose not to do that or don't choose to do that. The second step is, according to Psalm 89:15, be aware of God's presence during the day. And that's something we also need to cultivate in ourselves. You know, we can get so upset or so wrapped up in things that we're involved with during the day that we forget that God is with us. We can get so busy and busyness as opposed to business can keep us from being aware of the presence of God. So we need to wake up and think about the fact that blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, you who walk in the light of your presence. We also have to work on learning to trust God daily. When you are fearful, and any one of us can be, confess it to the Lord. Confess it as sin, as a matter of fact and ask God to help us walk in His peace because He is our refuge. What is it? Solomon talks about the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. We have that trust daily. We believe in it. We work on it and we cultivate it. We make the conscious effort to be aware of His presence and to trust Him daily. The next one is highly value and respect the Bible. You say, well, that makes sense. You know, if you want to have the fear of the Lord, you get into the Word and you have that healthy respect for the Bible. But know that the Bible is under attack by our culture and has been for a long time. The French philosopher Voltaire, anybody hear of him? His actual name was Francois-Marie Arroy. And he said that in 50 years, the Bible will be gone and the people will be free of the shackles. Ironically, and this is how we know that God does actually have a sense of humor. Because after he died, 20 years after Voltaire died, his house was used to store Bibles for the French Bible Society. Now then there's people in our own time like the comedian Kathy Griffin, who on camera at some award show said she was going to tear up a Bible. And so she grabbed this book 
went over to the side of the stage and started ripping the pages out of it, saying that she was destroying this copy of the Bible. And so then there's this other gal who was on another video saying, I don't care what the Bible says, blah, 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 blah. And she went on a rant for about five minutes and it was painful to listen to, but I thought, well, you know, I probably need to endure this thing. But there are people who have no respect for the Word of God, no respect for the Bible, but we need to learn to highly value and trust and respect God's Word, the Bible. Now, we also need to make the intentional effort to worship God during the day. Study the attributes of God in His Word and worship Him throughout your day. That's where those breath prayers come in. You know where you say, Lord, I honor you. Lord, I trust you. Throughout the course of the day, do those things. And occasionally, even if you have a desk at your workplace, Turn on your little, uh, now MP3 player, and listen to a praise song while you're there at work during the day, if you can do that. And listen to the song and just sing along with it and worship. Now, welcome and embrace God's discipline. Nobody really likes the idea of discipline, but we get into this Thing where we start believing that we want to run away from God because we think that maybe uh, we've messed up too badly and we think maybe I'm a failure God how can you love somebody like me but then when he wants to discipline us and his chastening sometimes may be painful sometimes it's not and we have to remember and bring this back to our mind that He delights in us. You are a delight to God, believe it or not. And we need to be aware of that and to act on it and to have our hearts content because we know that God is a God who loves us. And then, like Joseph in the Old Testament, we need to avoid circumstances that are not of God, like Potiphar's wife. And so he ran from the house. We need to be aware of that. We need to also avoid those situations where we might run into trouble. And then we need to realize that the world is actually looking for God, whether they realize it or not. There are people who are just vehement in their objections to believing like you know Richard Dawkins who wrote the book The God Delusion you know he doesn't realize but he's looking for something and he's trying to find a way to work his way through his atheism to find some purpose or good in his life and then there's also that comedian Ricky Gervais who is very vocal in his being an atheist and he says I don't even think there should be a word for atheists. You know, we don't have a word for people who don't believe in fairies. So I don't think we should have a word for those who believe, don't believe in God. And I think he missed the point that the A at the beginning is the negation of what follows it. Atheist or agnostic, because gnostic, 
Gnosis is the Greek word for know. So it's the people who don't know. Apolitical, people who are not political. So there's no special particular word for that, but it didn't bother him. He was up there generating a lot of gas on some video talking about it. But we need to know and understand. And this is how we can continue in the process of developing that healthy fear of the Lord. That there are people who are looking for something. They may not know what it is, but we do. And we're the ones who can introduce them to it, to Him and give their lives meaning that they've never had before. And so we need to be about that business. And those are the steps to where we know that we can develop that healthy fear of the Lord. Now, A.W. Toza wrote about this general overall situation. It may be set down as an axiom that our spiritual state perfectly corresponds to the intensity of our desire. Each of us enjoys as much grace as he actually wants. Where there seems to be a discrepancy between what we possess and what we desire to possess, we may safely conclude that our desire is not as great as we had supposed. We want God, it is true, but we want something else more. And we get what we want most. What shall we do when we find that our desire is but lukewarm? Treat our condition as a spiritual sickness and act accordingly. Go to God about it as we would about any other sin and stay before Him in penitence and faith till the fl flame of pure desire begins to glow within. With the coming of strong desire, a whole new world will open before us. We'll have that strange new wild reality in us when we have that desire for God. The simplest Bible truth will come alive with a new and blessed meaning. Yes, we are stuck in the place, a lot of us, where we say, yeah, we know that. Yes, we already know that. But when we get to that place where he's talking about here, those same truths we've heard a thousand times before will become new and fresh in our hearts and in our minds, and it will make the sky bluer and the flowers more colorful and all those other things like that, and we'll just come alive on the inside. The person of Christ will become dear beyond expression, and our lives will begin to glow with a fresh, and wonderful devotion and we can have that and we can get to that place if we follow those steps and to cultivate that active fear of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. Mm -hmm.